You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It is Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, November 6th, 2020, our 25th year on the air. We always give you the Friday dates leading into every weekend because many of our affiliate stations around the country air the show on Saturday, several on Sunday, and actually quite a few on both days. So it's always easiest when you want to come back and refer to our show notes. Maybe you want to hear your call or another call again, or you want to just check out our posts, which we hope you do regularly anyway. But in this case, you're looking at the show for the weekend of Friday, November 6th. You see what I'm saying there? So it kind of works out. I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Yeah. we got some tech news and commentary in this segment, and then we'll get back to your calls. Uh, Joe in Anchorage, Alaska, is standing by with a question. We'll see if we can't help solve his digital dilemma. But we want to hear from you as well. Use the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app, or you can also call anytime, 24-7, the following number, and join us that way, as long as we get to hear you on the air, because... Call in, win stuff. Thank you. That's Cam's mantra, and it's absolutely accurate. We want to send you goodies. That number is 800-899-INTO. It's 800-899-4686. The billionaire CEOs of Twitter. You saw him with his long, scraggly hair and long, hippie oh, the, beard the, the, and the, the nose beard, ring. The beard that went viral after he appeared in yeah. front of the <laughs> oh, Congress. God. I mean, at least, you know, throw on a sport coat, take the nose ring out for a few minutes. You know, some, what an idiot. Anyway, also Facebook and Google CEOs, they were grilled, of course, last week by members of the Senate Commerce Committee in a very combative hearing that quickly wandered away from its intended focus on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. I'm leaning on decency for a reason, I guess. The act shields these moron companies from liability related to content moderation. Several lawmakers from both sides of the aisle raised concerns about antitrust issues, election interference, and misinformation regarding COVID-19, among many other things. So that was kind of an interesting scenario to watch and see what happens. At least the other two, Facebook and Google CEOs, were... A little more presentable, if you will. Not that you could believe the BS they were spewing, but 
they were a little more presentable. Remember, with all these organizations, all these anti-social media, you are the product. Keep that in mind. I think we should start a campaign to just uh, start mailing razors to Jack Dorsey at Twitter's headquarters. That's a good idea. <laughs> you can probably just mail to Twitter in care of San Francisco, yeah. and it'll just get there. But that's an idea. Used ones, though. Yeah. Used razors. Right. Make it more interesting. Uh-huh. So here's a story that had me kind of chuckling out loud when I first saw it. With uh, stadiums closed to fans due to the coronavirus pandemic, a team in Scotland recently decided to start live streaming its soccer games. Now, instead of employing a human camera operator, it opted instead to use an AI-powered robot camera designed to automatically follow the soccer ball. Oh, uh, no. So that sounds like it would all work. Yeah, but um, I, I'm afraid. The, the, the game had hardly got underway when it became apparent that the robot camera was having trouble telling the difference between the shiny round soccer ball and the assistant referee's shiny round head. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so a bald referee's head <laughs> yes. was confusing the so, robot camera. As a result, the camera <laughs> kept panning toward the assistant referee's bald head instead of the ball, causing much annoyance among fans watching at home, each of whom paid 10 British pounds, which is about 13 U.S. dollars, to watch the game or bald head, as it turned out. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. AI gone wrong. Yeah. We talk a lot these days about AI and how it can be very helpful and how a lot of companies are using artificial intelligence now for a lot of productive things. Not so much for that one. Yeah. Somebody give the guy a hat or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, how about just making sure that the robot camera knows that's not the soccer ball? Yeah. Got to be a way to deal with that, too. A federal judge in Pennsylvania issued an injunction that blocks the Trump administration from banning TikTok from operating in the U.S., a ban that was to take effect beginning November 12th. The judge ruled that the administration did not have authorization to ban the app, but the Commerce Department still plans to vigorously defend, quote-unquote, its order, citing national security concerns. We'll see how that goes. So see if you uh, are unable to download TikTok after November 12th. I still haven't, nor do I intend to. <laughs> a unique invention by a South Florida man uh, is helping people with vision problems gain the gift of sight. Craig Hershoff, who himself suffers from vision problems that require special lenses, realized that many people have difficulty inserting contacts due to age and dexterity. Now, that led him to design a voice-activated lens-fitting robot that can both insert and remove scleral lenses, uh, which are for vision problems that cannot be corrected with standard contacts and glasses. Wow. The Cliara Lens Robot is currently going through testing at a clinical trial in Boston. Depending on the outcome of the trial, Hershoff hopes to have FDA clearance on the device early next year. Now, that's very, very cool. I think it's a great story, especially if it can help visually impaired people in this particular case. But it goes back to look at the robot that couldn't follow the soccer ball and was instead following a referee's bald head. And you want a robot to put contact lenses in your eye? I, I somehow don't know that I'd volunteer to be among the first well, to try I, I, that. I wouldn't be among the first. <laughs> I, would, I would let it go through a couple of uh, versions first, maybe. Wow. I mean, more power to them. I think that's terrific. And you said it's one of our locals here in yeah. South Florida. So that's awesome. But my first concern is, really? Now, what what we need to do is find this guy in our neck of the woods here in South Florida and do a little video of him doing that with his robot putting the lens in. And then you can be the second one because you wear contact lenses, so let him put your contact lens in. 
Uh, I don't know. I'd be what? Too Come squeamish. on! I wouldn't even shoot the video when you had your uh, your uh, LASIK surgery. I, I know. <laughs> I had LASIK. I did liposuction. I jumped out of an airplane. Anything for the show over the years, and you won't even let a robot put in your contact lens. I thought, whatever happened to anything for the well, show? That's that's your job. That's why your name's in the logo. So your name's in the logo too. <laughs> it's just my last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but I still think. You should go shoot some video of this guy's robot doing that for him, because we should show that we should share that with our audience. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. And apparently, if he's in South Florida, he's not too far from us, wherever that might be. All right, you're on that. Sure, get your staff to get on that. Okay, I need a staff. All right, <laughs> uh, I will draw you a staff, hand it to you, and then you get on that. Okay. Not everyone who contracts COVID-19 will develop noticeable symptoms. You know this as you've never had a fever with your COVID. That, yeah, but I had other noticeable well, symptoms. Yeah, but like in the hospital for a month, that was a pretty noticeable symptom. Right. But, you know, they're, they're saying this, you know, not, not that not everybody will develop all those symptoms. A lot of That's people true. are very asymptomatic. Yeah. Um, never you know, had but, never had fever. That's true. You had right. fever. I had fever. But you know. no hospital. Right. Um, <laughs> so, these, you know, these people, they may not run a fever. They may not feel short of breath or lose their sense of smell or taste. So how do you identify asymptomatic carriers? According to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, it's in their cough. What? In a paper published recently, a team of MIT researchers suggests that differences indecipherable to the human ear may, in fact, be recognized by artificial intelligence. An AI model trained on tens of thousands of sample coughs and spoken words was able to accurately identify 98.5% of coughs from people who were confirmed to have novel coronavirus. Wow. Including 100% of those who were not displaying symptoms. Really? Now, see, there's another AI. I mean, everything seems to be artificial intelligence now. But there's another good example of AI doing something, as long as it's accurate. But but let me just say that I'm <coughs> skeptical. Uh-huh. Um, but now, to get a COVID test, now you just go to the doctor and turn your head and cough. No, that's not a COVID <laughs> test. <laughs> it, it may be now. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit different. Um, but, that, Wow. I mean, that is certainly cool. I also heard that they can have people just cough into a phone to determine if you have COVID. Now, not just any phone call, so don't get, don't get carried away, but that if the phone's obviously connected to the appropriate equipment and that sort of thing, and it can determine that. I think that's fascinating if they can actually narrow it down and then get it out. If it's a piece of software and they can distribute it rapidly. And then you connect a phone to your computer or what have you. Yeah, see, this is the kind of thing I think that our, you know, our country should be spending its time and money on, not self-driving cars that I still don't think are going to be a good idea. Oh, come <laughs> on. That, that's still a good idea because you'd get to read the newspaper or watch a movie you're, or you're, something. You're probably more of a control freak than I am. So how could you think a self-driving car? I, I wouldn't get into a car and not have control of it. I've been in <laughs> self-driving cars and a self-driving yeah, bus and you, even. And you probably were sitting in the passenger seat pushing on that, that uh, imaginary brake pedal. No, I just kept watching the driver's seat with nobody in it and the, and the wheel turning on its own and stuff. And it was like, it was just freaky. Mm-hmm. But I survived it. I figure now if I survive COVID, I can handle pretty much anything. So whatever. Hashtags are incredibly effective when it comes to drawing attention to an idea or a movement. But are hashtags words? A group of linguists in New Zealand studied hashtags in an attempt to determine if they should be considered words. What was their final ruling, you ask? What was their final ruling? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hashtags are, at best, 
artificial words. Okay. I agree with Sean McMahon when he says it seems like hashtags should either be considered brands or classified the same as other symbols like the number sign. It's not a word, and it certainly isn't an artificial word. It's a symbol. So why wouldn't a hashtag just be a symbol? Because it's a pound sign, not even a hashtag. Man, when when hashtags were just first becoming popular, people would laugh at me because I was always calling it pound. You know, and and people, pound? It's a hashtag. I know, but I always known it as the pound sign. Yeah. Well, it's like this, you know, this from the early days of the internet. You know, you look back and you see interviews on TV. There was one, you know, famous one. It was like a CBS, you know, a Good Morning America kind of thing. And then, and I remember the the, the question was, so what is internet? And it's like, you know, we yeah. don't call it internet now, but it's just it's, look, a, yeah. it's interwebs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's true. I mean, back in the day. That's what's cool about looking at old and, game shows and, and, and everything. And people in the early days that would get, you know, send me an electronic mail. You know, yeah, <laughs> spelling it all out. Jeez, yeah, true. And that, that before text messaging even was popular. So what what were you calling that? I wonder when you first an electronic message on my phone, right, or something? Wouldn't that be a phone call? No, 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 not at all. It's it's something that you would otherwise send with hashtags. Artificial words, yeah, you know, and these kids these days—they don't—they don't know how easy they have it with these text messages. I mean, we came from the early days of text messaging when we had to do it on a number keypad, where you had to hit the the, the, the number four like three times to get to the letter you wanted, and if you missed it, uh, now you got to hit it like four more times to get back there. And or I'll t- I'll do you one better. How about before that when it was just carrying beepers? Yeah, well, I, I, and you I had the beeper, and you had to you know do various letters or. Or numbers that you'd have to look at upside down to determine what it was. Yeah. Zero seven seven three four for hello. Yeah, of course. Nine one one for call me right away. It was urgent. Yeah. Well, except for you, because you, you know you were a Miami Dade cop or you know Metro Dade back then, and, yeah. and the emergency code was three. So you wouldn't send a nine one one. You'd send a three. And I remember you told me if you get a, a, a beep from me and it has a three, you better pull over and find a payphone right then and, That's and call me right back. That's true. Because I didn't want you to call in nine one one, fake call right. or something. But code three, absolutely. But yeah, but thinking back to those days where you know I'd get a, a page and I'd have to f- stop and find a payphone at a gas station to call. And remember, was it what was it six zero zero six? I'm not sure what that was. Upside down, spelled boob. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that was frequently <laughs> frequently used as well. So you see, you take it a step back. But that's why for 25 years we've been on the air covering tech. Because we have been covering and using tech in various and sundry ways. And look how far we've come. Yes, and I wonder how many people like me carried around the little uh, cheat card in your wallet with all the beeper codes so that when somebody would send you a code, I did that all the time. My friends would send me beeper codes, and I'd have to pull the little cheat card out of my wallet and how see what the code meant. How come you didn't know them by heart? Because there were a lot of them. Oh, I see. All right. Joe in Anchorage, Alaska, listening on KBYR, and we love you, Joe, calling in using the free Into Tomorrow app. Congratulations on 25 years on the air. Thank I you. Uh, wish I found your program a lot earlier. I just started listening to you within the past few months here. I have a smartphone. It's a Samsung S8 Plus, and I don't have Wi-Fi or Internet at my house. And I'm trying to figure out ways to mirror my screen onto my TV that's not a smart TV. I tried the USB-C to HDMI, but the USB-C port on my phone is a little faulty. I was wondering if there, I had any other options, or if you knew any other options I might uh, be able to explore. 
Well, Joe, unfortunately, without Wi-Fi or wired connections, your options do dwindle very quickly. The S8 series is MiraCast compatible, or MiraCast, if you will, Mira being Spanish and I think other languages, too, for C. Yes. Mira, right? Uh, And that's probably your best, if not only option. Samsung rebrands Miracast to SmartView, and selecting that allows you to send content to a TV that is compatible with the feature. Now, since you don't have a smart TV, your set won't be compatible out of the box, but you can buy a Miracast receiver that you can then plug into your TV for very little money. Yeah, for example, an Anycast 1080p receiver can be found online for as little as like seven bucks. Prices do go up, but they're all pretty similar devices, so you can probably find a decent one for under 20 bucks. Miracast is basically like Chromecast, but without the Google branding, and won't require the device to be on Wi-Fi to play, so it should work for your needs. Since, like Google, Samsung customizes the technology, your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. Okay. <laughs> so, Void, we're prohibited. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'd recommend getting a device from a store that will allow you to send it back if Samsung's custom OS doesn't want to talk to it. Other than that, we can't think of any options that would allow you to set up a wireless connection without needing Wi-Fi in your home. Yeah. Now, Joe, do stay tuned. Our listeners are the best on the planet. And if someone has an idea that they can add to our answer, we would absolutely welcome that. And if you do, then 800-899-INTO or do what Joe did. Use the audio option on the free app and say, have Joe try the following and then tell us the following. Because I wish there were other easy fixes for you. But under the circumstances with no Wi-Fi, it's tough, as we mentioned. Do let us know, though, what ends up working for you, because it will help other listeners. And stay tuned into tomorrow.com. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to cable and get more with Dish TV. Call 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. As an added bonus, you can switch to Dish now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get Dish TV. 855-212-6536. 855-212-6536. That's 855-212-6536. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment, and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. Hey, this is John Swinnermer from the True North Country Comics Podcast. Want to wish Dave Graveline into tomorrow a happy 25th year on the air that's great congratulations and wishing you 25 more great years all the best well thank you john in toronto stop trying to kill us though 25 more years isn't going to happen all right i'm sorry but i'm i'm just going to tell you that's just not going to happen at some point i should learn how to spell the word retire not there yet don't feel it but maybe next week no i'm just kidding sometime yeah, um, but you even talked about it. When you retire, you've got to find a, a part-time job somewhere like a drive through so you can still use a microphone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Do you want fries with that? <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am Dave Graveline. Whether or not you cared to know. I'm Chris Graveline. Stay tuned in just a few minutes. We'll be chatting with Chandler Givens. He's the head of consumer privacy with Avast. They're going to be talking about their digital security and privacy products. Or, as he calls it, Avast. We've always called it Avast because they, they're much heavier in Europe. And we've interviewed a lot of their folks over our 25 years on the air. And I think they always refer to it as a Vost. So I'm thinking maybe Chandler is U.S.-based and, as a result, just says a Vast. Yeah, potato, tomato. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Having trouble sleeping? Maybe these new hearables can help. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute brought to you by Dexcom, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. Sleep is like the weather. Everyone talks about it, but nobody does anything to make it better. Most wearables simply monitor your sleep quality. But we finally are seeing some devices designed to help improve sleep. For example, the new sleep buds from Bose can't make phone calls or stream your favorite music, but instead they are designed to play sounds that are especially created to help you sleep better. Thin and lightweight, They can play any of 14 different tracks engineered to mask common nighttime disruptions. They also have 15 different Naturescape tracks that provide sounds from nature, as well as 10 tranquility tracks that use tone patterns to help reduce stress and tension. In tests at the University of Colorado, four out of five test subjects reported improved sleep quality when using the Bose Sleep Buds. The hearables will run for up to 10 hours on a charge, and come with a carrying case that can also recharge the buds up to three times, which can come in handy when traveling. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Alfred. I wondered how long it was going to be before we used the word wearables, and now we have hearables. But that's kind of cool. It does the job. The Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute brought to you by Dexcom. Always know where your glucose is headed and how fast. Visit dexcom.com. Guys, by now, you've heard the great news. If you've wanted to try Viagra or Cialis, but were worried about the price, Blue Pills Direct can finally give you the results you've been looking for. Why pay almost $15 per pill when you can get the same results you need for only $2 per pill? That's right. Call today and receive 50 blue pills or 50 yellow pills for only $99. That's only $2 per pill and saves you almost $500 from your local pharmacy. Why wait? Call 888-914-4247 today and finally have those breathtaking, toe-curling moments again and again. Call 888-914-4247 right now and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Just call 888-914-4247. That's 888-914-4247. Call 888-914-4247. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for joining us in our 25th year on the air. Delighted to have you with us. Even more delighted when you take the time to call in with a question. Perhaps you have a digital dilemma that we can solve for you. Anything involving consumer tech 
or perhaps you want to help another listener with some added input from one of our answers. We love it when listeners help other listeners, and so do they, of course. Either way, we want to hear from you. Some, of course, are calling in with just a 25th year on the air. Congratulations, and that's terrific. But we would then also love it if you'd share with us what you like most about technology in those 25 years or however many years you've been on the earth uh, being able to experience tech or, for that matter, what you disliked about tech. Either way, it makes for interesting radio, we think, and we want to hear from you. So 800-899-INTO, anytime, toll-free from anywhere in North America, 1-800-899-4686, or even better, Use the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app. Just search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow, and participate. We want to hear you on the show. Our next guest is with a 30-year veteran of digital security and privacy products. He's the head of consumer privacy with Avast, Chandler Givens. Chandler, welcome Into Tomorrow. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about Avast. I mean, obviously, you're not out of the woodwork like some other companies. You've been around for a long time uh, doing this job. What job does Avast do for folks? Your listeners will probably recognize the name because we are, by the numbers, the largest consumer cybersecurity company in the world. We've got 400 million users worldwide. Wow. Um, our presence is is a bit larger in Europe, but growing um, in the USA. And we actually, the, the founding of the company is an interesting story, too, because it was founded by two uh, gentlemen who uh, were really passionate about delivering uh, digital freedom to folks um, after the fall of the Soviet Union in uh, the Czech Republic. So we have a long storied history, and we are committed, we have been, since we started, committed to promoting the ideals of digital freedom online. And so today, that takes the form of um, a variety of consumer protection products, uh, but also a number of other initiatives that we could talk about today. Or take it however you want to, Dave. Okay. Well, first of all, I didn't know that you were the largest. That's a whole lot of uh, subscribers to Avast Services. That's terrific. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that that, one of the advantages that provides us is that we can leverage that network to understand incoming threats, meaning that each of those nodes, so every user has a device with our software on it. Also, there's information that is collected there about incoming threats. So not about what the user is doing on their device, but about the types of threats they're encountering. And so what that does is it gives us visibility um, to a large swath of different threats that are going around worldwide, and that's one of the kind of competitive advantages we have uh, because of the, our size and reach. That's a good point. Why is it important, yeah. do you think, Chandler, for consumers to to be aware of all of their information online? Because we have talked to folks for years about protecting your personal info from being exploited, and this is certainly uh, an important factor. But uh, I wonder if enough consumers are still paying enough attention. Yeah, it's, well, I'll make this topical. How about that? Okay. This is one of those issues that I... It's fun for everyone to talk to you because it is apolitical, whether you're on the right or the left, 
regardless of what side you're on, no one um, appreciates the fact that we have all become kind of these profit machines for big data, analytics, ad tech companies, and others who are exploiting us. And to your question, Dave, which is why haven't consumers paid attention, it's an interesting thing because at the top you were talking about the, the fact that on the air 25 years and you're asking what are some things people don't like about technology. Yeah. This is an issue that has been around. You know, I'm, I've been working on this for 10 years now, but my research goes back to the early 90s. So, for example, the browser cookie, most people are generally aware of cookies now, has been around since the early 90s. And if, ever since its inception, people have been warning about the privacy threats that it poses. But it feels like only now, in 2020, have we reached this point where it's, it's enough in the public narrative where everyone cares about it, not just kind of tinfoil hat people, you know. <laughs> Joe on the street recognizes that this is a huge issue, but the challenge is, what do you do about it? So, I, you know, I don't want to be too self-promotional here for Avast, but I can give you a couple of things you could do with our products, but maybe I'll pause there. Do you have questions, or do you want to dig into any of the specific privacy threats consumers face, or do you want me to just talk about some of the things consumers can do to protect themselves? The latter, by all means, because I think a lot of folks are are certainly aware that, that Avast, you guys even have, last time I checked, still a, a free uh, tool that folks can download and use, and then obviously a plethora of other products available. But in general, the importance of all of us being able to protect our data certainly is is something that we need to talk about more and more. Sure. Yeah, and I would encourage your listeners to go to our website at ask.com. You can download our free AV tool or you can browse around and you can try free trials of our various privacy products in our portfolio, too. We just click on the, the privacy link at the top navigation bar there. But there's a couple ways to think about it. And the first is how do you stop your information from getting out there in the first place? Just think it's very simple. And the other is, okay, once you understand that you've been being tracked for a decade or longer, what? how do you handle all the information that has already left your possession and is, quote, out there in the world, right? Yeah. That, that's a, one way to think about the issue. All right, I don't want to be tracked going forward, and I want to kind of clean up my data that exists out in the world. And so if you go to our website and look at the privacy tools, one is called AntiTrack. We have a VPN product called SecureLine, and we have a, a free private browser and i would put those in the bucket of i don't want my information being collected anymore so on a go forward basis stop tracking my data but the other product i want to talk about which is which is novel and has been getting a lot of attention lately is our new product breach guard which was designed to answer that question of what do i do about all this information about me that already exists in the world yeah, because it's certainly good to be able to close that barn door, but it sounds like maybe a few of the horses have already escaped. <laughs> so what do right. we do about those that are out there already? And that apparently right. is yeah, where breach guard comes in handy. That's exactly right. Yeah, and just to extend the metaphor, it's <laughs> not only the horses got now, but they're they're roaming wild all over the place. Right? Yeah. So how do we get them back under control? And there's a few ways to do that, and I want to be very transparent with the listeners, too. It is not... There are technical challenges here that prevent us from making this a silver or silver bullet solution, right? I mean, you, it is not possible to get all of that information back. It's just kind of the tube, and sometimes if we can go out and delete it from every server that exists on. However, there are a lot of things that consumers can do is try to package them up 
in a simple form for them that anyone can use of any technical level. And what we do is, one, we'll tell you if we see information for sale on the dark web. So I think about it like this. There's two ways. The information generally exists in these illegal markets. So people hear about the dark web, information for sale on the dark web, um, kind of illegal forums where hackers buy and sell data in different formats. That's one place. We'll alert you if we find it for sale. And if there's a breach, uh, we'll keep an eye and make sure that your information ends up there. We tell you in real time. The other side of it, though, is there's a tremendous amount of information out there about you that was collected legally by data brokers, which are typically corporations you haven't heard of that are engaged in the exchange, purchase, and sale of consumer data, or also big analytics firms, ad tech firms. So if people have watched recently The Social Dilemma on Netflix, they talk about this a bit. Um, but also there's information about us that we have willingly provided to platforms like Facebook, like Google, like Amazon, that then starts to wash around in this ecosystem outside of our control. So what BreachGuard does is, one, we will automatically opt you out of these data brokers' collection. Basically, we'll send them messages saying, delete all the information that you have and we'll no longer share it with others. And two is we have functionality that will walk the user through how to erase or stop the spread and abuse of their information on platforms like Facebook, like Google, like Amazon, et cetera, so it's an advisor feature that will see the types of things you're doing online and then explain to you the privacy and help you remediate those accounts so the information doesn't exist and can't be uh, shared and sold. Chandler, pardon the interruption, but we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk more with you. Chandler Givens is the head of consumer privacy with Avast, or Avast, if you will, at avast.com. Stay tuned as Into Tomorrow continues. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thanks for joining us on the program. We're talking with the head of consumer privacy with Avast, Chandler Givens. I certainly like, Chandler, the ability to take back our personal info and and is sort of Avast uh, acting as our agent at that point, saying that, you know, uh, we know you have this information on Dave. He doesn't want it there anymore. Uh, We demand that you remove it now and confirm that you've done so. Or, I mean, is it something along those lines? Uh, How do we know that it works? That's that's, that's exactly what it is. 
And I will tell you that if a, if a typical person was going to try to do this on their own, it would take you, yeah, by my estimation, you know, hundreds of hours <laughs> to do this because it's, you have to track down each one of these different companies that you've never heard of that have been collecting information invisibly for years and then figure out how to send them this type of message. So Yeah. Even, you know, even if we knew oh. where these companies were and that our information was in their hands, like you say, it would just take forever to get that accomplished. Yeah. So, uh, That's so, right. But you're saying BreachGuard is the new product that does that for us. That's exactly right, cool. yeah. And again, if you go to our website at ask.com, and go to the privacy section there. You'll be able to find more information about the tool. In terms of the future of privacy at Avast, I mean, a couple of things to, to mention. One is this is an area where we see the market moving. I mean, if you go back to earlier in our discussion, I do firmly believe that we've reached a point that everyone has an understanding on some basic level that their privacy is under attack. Um, and again, it kind of transcends whatever your ideology is. Everyone is upset about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- there's going to come a time, I think, in the very near future, where people recognize the same way they understand they need to have some sort of antivirus on all their devices. They understand that they're going to have to have some sort of privacy protection, personal information protection tool on every device that they use. And our aspiration is to be that, that tool that everyone uses. And I I think the way that we're going to do that, that differentiates us from all the others out there, is we really want to make it as simple as possible, and we want to make it conform to what your particular behavior is. Meaning, if you're someone that typically only reads three news sites and then uses Facebook, well, we want to keep you protected on those three news sites and on Facebook. And you go on and on down the list, but it has to be personalized to each individual's experience. And that's, that's where we see the future of privacy protection, and I think we're going to get there before anyone else does. What does BreachGuard cost, or is it like a subscription service? How do we price this sort of thing? Yeah, it's a yearly subscription service. It's thirty nine ninety nine per year, although, you know, we run promotions a lot. So if you go there today, there might be uh, a discount running. I don't know exactly at this moment, but it's thirty nine ninety nine per year. And I would tell you that because we're constantly adding to our list of third parties that we protect against, it's worth every penny because... Again, it would be impossible for you to keep track of these things, and we're constantly updating it so that different services you use, we can explain to you or automatically show you how to protect your privacy on any different service you use. So basically keeping it private when you want where you want on the web. Yeah, and to be honest, Chandler, it sounds a whole lot less than I thought you were going to say. So I, I agree, for 40 bucks, less than 40 bucks a year, we're going to have these capabilities. Does BreachGuard also include your typical antivirus or malware, or is that we have to subscribe or, or look for those products separately? Yeah, you can, I mean, so the, our antivirus is free to everyone. And I guess it goes back to what I was describing in terms of our, our mission as a company. We, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. We really truly believe, and if you're in this company, you understand it because it's part of our culture, that everyone has the right to digital freedom online. So we offer the AV for free, and my understanding is we always will. So you can go to the site right now, download the free antivirus, and then BreachGuard is kind of an add-on. Uh, that you can purchase separately. And again, we have other privacy tools that might be better suited for other of your listeners. Um, but keep an eye on us because in the future, like I said, we're basically going to have an offering that it custom tailors to what you want on the web so you can be private when you want, where you want. So that's where we're moving to. But right now, 
go check out our other privacy tools um, for those users or for your listeners that are concerned right now. Well, what is it that you guys are not yet doing? What can we expect from Avast into tomorrow, if you will? What What's up with you guys? Yeah, well, I, the, like I said, the the personalized dimension of it is so critical because because no two users are exactly alike. And so what we want to be able to do is keep you private on every different site or every different service that you're using. And as you can imagine, you know, there's thousands, millions of different sites and services you can use. So the task in front of us is how do we make those experiences as private for you as you want without really interrupting you or, or inconveniencing you? Because we found it's pretty clear that users are, although people, this is something called the privacy paradox, Dave. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but it's the notion that everyone tells you they're concerned about privacy, but their actions don't match up with that level of concern they express. Oh, especially all the, the anti-social yeah. media. <laughs> so right. They don't yeah, care. exactly. Right. People, yeah, people talk about it all the time, but then they still are sharing, you know, pictures of themselves online that you're going, I can't believe you put that on the Internet. Right? Oh, exactly. Um, all right. I'm going on vacation right. now, so my house will be empty, and here's where I will <laughs> right. be a thousand miles away. Right. You know, that's right. I mean, let's Let's get more of that out there, right? <laughs> right. The key's under the mat. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, well, yeah, what I was saying is that even though there is this privacy paradox, people, um, they don't want to sacrifice their time uh, for privacy. I'm, I don't, that is a, a generalization, but it is, it is true for most people um, from our research. And so we want to do this in the background in a way that doesn't interrupt your experience, doesn't slow down your device, doesn't slow down your browsing experience or any services that you like, uh, but just keeps you as private as you want to be on the services. So that's the trick for us. And if you think about it in terms of all the different sites you interact with, all the services you interact with, it's a it's a really task, but we've got the team and the resources to do it. So that's that's kind of what I do day in and day out right now. Well, keep up the good work, and we'll keep promoting you doing such. Uh, it's avast.com, A-V-A-S-T.com. So do check it out. Chandler, thank you for spending a few minutes with us on Into Tomorrow. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's my pleasure as well. Chandler Givens, the head of consumer privacy with Avast, A-V-A-S-T.com. We'll get you there, too. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline right here on the Advanced Media Network. Now is a great time to replace your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-296-1440. 800-296-1440. Again, that's 800-296-1440. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines.
on radio, the original social media. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. Text RADIO to 35000. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Sharon in Fort Worth, Texas, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcasts. You had a guy on asking about phones for visually impaired he wanted phones for what we call partially sighted that use magnification. There are two other phones that I know about. One is called the blind shell phone. It has the capability to enlarge the screen or it has built-in speech. And the other one is the Envision Captus smartphone. It's K-A-P-S-Y-S. He could do a Google search and find both of those phones. They both have the capability to enlarge the screen and have built-in speech. And happy anniversary to 25 years. Well, thank you, Sharon, so much. Bless your heart, especially because one of our favorite calls are always listeners helping other listeners. And that was some great input. We appreciate that, Sharon, very much. And if you've got something to add to the show, we would love to hear from you. 800-899-INTO or the Into Tomorrow app.